<laughs> Welcome to Lendo Podcast Cultural Talk Inside a Store. Izzy Kushi. <laughs> What's up, bro? Thank you, thank you, Lemo. Lemo, night, Ale. <laughs> it's been a while. Nobody has called me that really? for, a, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've been calling you Alan for a while. So that's to tell you how long we've come along. For, for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> Life is good these days. You have been writing a lot. Yeah, that, that, that is it, actually. It's a hobby. Really? Yeah. How did you, how did you like uh, get into like this writing stuff? Wow, wow. Actually, writing predates even me. Wow. It's like a family general. Okay, like something you got from your father yeah. or your mom? Yes, my mom is a teacher. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, she spent all her life in the classroom and she's an English mistress. Wow. <laughs> my dad has been a writer all his life. Okay. Um, so, coming up as a little child, I learned to read using newspaper. Oh, yes. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, when we're little kids, mm. Whenever I'm back home okay. from school, yeah. I'll wait for my dad to come. And the first thing he does is, my little sister, if she doesn't see him with bread, she wouldn't go and uh, uh, hug him and welcome him. But the first <laughs> thing, <laughs> but the first thing he does is he would throw Tell Magazine for me, or Concord Magazine, that Adiola Magazine. Oh, there. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So one one will start reading. So. You know, one thing with writing is that it's like an ideology. Yeah. It grows by what it fits on. Yeah. So one became an early reader. And I started reading 247 I'm reading. Mm. And you know, one thing with newspaper or magazine language is quite different from novel. It's mm. quite different from other yeah, yeah. other literatures yes so it has its own dynamic dynamism entirely mm. so one had to like grow up reading newspaper so i think that's where i got writing from so wow. if you want to be a writer actually you must be a reader so you have to read what other people have to say of course and and you must have actually have mentors mm. people you always look up to people that you learn writing from and the subject matter actually varies mm. you can decide to write on fiction you can decide to write on non-fiction like reality aspect you can decide to write on things that actually you have passion for i think that that's 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 a secret who's your favorite writer <laughs> <laughs> my favorite writer yeah wow I don't know who to call. You don't have a particular favorite. Yeah, because 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 there's so much. That's mm. I don't know who to pick. Wow. But definitely my favorite writer, I think Rampa is one of them. Okay. Tuesday Rampa. And you know what? He's more of a Buddhist monk and more of an ethos. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. So I can just imagine what he'll be writing he writes, about. Yes. So so you begin to wonder how can I choose such a person when the likes of Shakespeare are there? Mm. When like um okay. Mm. 
I know from what you just said, mm. it comes like it's from you from way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. something that's been inculcated in you yeah. since when yeah. you were yeah. very little. Yeah, yeah. Where, which year did you actually? Okay. Let me just. When did you like start writing and putting it out? You know, yeah, just one yeah, thing yeah, to, write to write and then yeah, to put it out. Yeah, yeah. I think I started putting out content in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that time, I was so so passionate about the economy of the country, okay. especially the politics and administration of Good Luck Jonathan. Oh. We, we we used to call the we used to be called the Jonathanians. Wow. So then I was very, very interested with the administration then mm-hmm. because it was highly misconstrued. There are a lot of misinformation about the about then the administration, administration then that wasn't actually reality on ground. So so I, w- I was so pissed off to the point that I started countering some things. Mm. When I started countering it, I don't know which platform. I, was, I wasn't that big enough. Okay. So I started using my Facebook. Okay. Just write and put it out. Yeah, I would just write and put it out. Debunk some things, especially some rumors, some allegations, counter accusations that mm. are actually not tantamount or reflective of reality on ground. Okay. So when I started that and at the international level, I was not so cool with the administration of Barack Obama again. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so, <laughs> so, so that brought the element of opposition in me at the international level, well support <laughs> at like the local level. At the local level, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the, the, there was two sides of me. One mm. is actually an opposition figure. One is not, is a proposition figure. One is an antagonist. One is a protagonist. <laughs> one in, all in one. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let me, so before, in 2013, mm. Close to 2013, I started something. I started reading between 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. almost on daily basis. What were you reading? I'm reading newspapers online. Wow. You see, what I do is that I'll make sure my phone is charged and I'll go to bed. Hmm. Because I know by that time I'll wake up, even if I have exams in school. Wow. When I wake up, I'll first of all check Washington Post, which is a liberal media outlet. Mm. Then I'll check Breitbart, which is a conservative media outlet. So on some sub- some same subject matter, but different context with different sentiment. So mm. that will help me to weigh balance and understand things. I get, I get it. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. All right. Then I will go. Then I will check Fox News again. Then I will check CNN directly opposite of each other. So, it's the same thing as Nas said. Mm. Nas said, if I write this, this is W, you see it as M, this guy see it as 3, this guy see it as E. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's the same subject matter. So, it depends on where you're seeing it from. Depends on your perspective. Yes. So, automatically, the person see it as M is not wrong. Me, I'm seeing it as W, I'm not wrong. And the guy he's seeing here, seeing it as E, it's not wrong. And neither the guy seeing it here as 3 is not wrong. So but how do we find balance to this? Because this actually affects, like, it's, you can relate it to a lot of things. A lot of things, uh, yes, life. in life. 
you see it like this, me, I see it like mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. and then everybody is big on his own, own yes. perspective. That's, wh- that's why he said, how you see it doesn't change what that thing is. is. Uh, yeah. In as much as you're, you're not wrong from your perspective, mm. but that doesn't actually change the context of what that thing is. So if you see it here as three, mm. and it's written in alphabet, automatically you're wrong because yours are figures. Mm. So if I see that, if you see it as, as W, and the sentence now goes to the right, not to the left, you're wrong. Because English words are not reading, are not right from right to left, <laughs> but left to right. Mm. Actually. So, so there are things that actually, okay, Ben Scott said, everyone has right his opinion, but not right his facts. There are some things that are actually sacrosanct. They don't d- need your, opi- or your opinion. It's whether you take it or leave it. Who is the president of the United States? It's Joe Biden now. You can't say in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, call, <laughs> <laughs> I'll call someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there are yeah. actually yeah, things. Yeah, there are some things that actually don't require mm. an opinion. Mm. They are what it is. So that's why you must distinctively distinguish between truth, facts, and reality. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's the only thing <laughs> I can say. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Now let's mm. really dislike to our mm. to our society. Mm. You were somebody that actually you were mm. brought up. Yeah. Like you had a very good like uh mentorship obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Because mm. if your dad was not throwing those magazines mm. and those mm. newspapers mm. at mm. you, you probably would not have like the interest. interest. Maybe at some point it was not like what you really yeah, and think is, is yeah. on. Yeah. But yeah. then mm. with time, yeah, you actually like mm. develop interest. Your interest, yes. But I don't think that is something that actually happens everywhere. Yeah. Actually there is passion. Exactly. Mm. So, I don't know. What mm. do you think of like, um, like kids now? Mm. They probably just watch like TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's nobody to throw newspapers Past at to. them. Maybe mm. it's not the way they were cultured. Yeah, yeah. How is that as that as like mm. a way of life? Mm. How does it actually affect our society? Yeah, yeah. And like the way like kids yeah, just kids. like mm. relate to stuff. Mm. Stuff like uh, because okay. a lot of things is on the TV. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, mm. And I don't think it's just anything they put out on newspapers and no, uh, yeah. the type of magazine it's, maybe your mm. dad was throwing at you yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the truth is, let's not, let's not paint it so gloomy or so flourishing at the same time. Mm. The truth is, reading culture is going down the drain. There, there is a lot that needs to be done about reading. Okay, with the coming of technology now, reading has been made so simple that you can download hard copies of book on your phone. So you don't need to be carrying books to be walking around. You can mm. have them on your small gadgets. Yeah, so you, true. Like me now, I have over 100 books in the, in my, on my phone inside now. Mm. Th- th- it doesn't mean I've read it all, but I have them. And I read them within my own prerogative, at my own leisure time. Mm. And I pick up subject matter that interests me. Yeah. So, if we can really, uh, the other time you told me something, you said there are things that are actually not found anywhere in the world except in book. True. true. And I took that to my heart. You may probably didn't know. 
because I realized the value of what you just said that day. They were just joking and and I realized actually it's true. Yeah. There are informations you don't find anywhere except in the book. That's why the, the yeah. they used to mock Africa that if you want to hide something in a, from in Africa, book. <laughs> put it in the book because yeah. it doesn't open. Yeah. So how do we now? We've stated the problem. What are, what was the solution? Hmm. How do we make children now to read? If you cannot start giving them newspapers as little as they are, give them pictures with two to three words on it. Because picture speaks a lot. True, true. By the time they are seeing picture, they, you must make sure there is one or two things. This is a boy. Hmm. So by the time he sees the picture, he will want to read what yeah, is sticks. on there. And yeah. it sticks. So with time, you start giving him books that has 10 words with one picture. Mm. The other one is three pictures, two words. Two words. Yeah. So with that, it's going to be five pages with two pictures next. Mm. Ten pages. So he's taking away the pictures and putting in more words. Yeah. That is it. So by the time you do that, a lot of things, you will know a lot about your own dynasty, mm. about your heritage, about your culture, about your norms, and about your values. Yeah. Because once we it's not documented, we, you, you grow up seeing children without history, without having traces of their root. Yeah. So the best thing is to start from the basic. That's basic education from primary schools, from secondary schools. And independently, we must reduce. I, okay, now, this is new and imagined media. We live in a new world where everything now is probably social, social media and the rest. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love Facebook more than any other app is that it gives me ample opportunity to write lengthy things. Mm, yeah, actually, I've noticed that about it too. Yeah, so I don't see the social media as a place for just this. I started putting out pictures just from last year to now. Mm. Because I, I, if you go, I forgot one last I uploaded a picture, but I said this time, let me start. I write more because I believe that there is one or two persons who read. Yeah. So, gonna do this whereby you get fascinated about who likes or who commented on what you write. <laughs> I've forgotten that. Because the aim the is to get... More to people actually just read and they, they prefer not to say anything. Yeah. And yeah, and I knew that. And sometimes how do I evaluate actually whether uh, people are reading my content? I'll just put a picture on my story and sometimes I have 1,300 and something views on mm. that picture on that Facebook app. And I'll be like, yeah, I think actually people are reading yeah, your <laughs> stuff. Uh, this stuff and I'll just laugh. And from there, I, I left. Not that I completely left. I divide, I, I diverted or diverse means of my putting out my content to mm. newspapers. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably presently now, I'm an opinion editor in three media outlets. Wow. And presently now, I'm a columnist with about four media outlets. Wow. That's that's big. <laughs> yes. That's big. big. Yeah. So 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 yeah. Through writing, it has actually 
got to me to people that I've never thought I will meet. Mm. You know, people that call me, once they see my face, they'll be like, are you Kushi, Libby, Isaac? And I'll say, yes. You say, no, are you his representative? And I'll be like, no. Like you look younger than your yeah, writing. Yes, now you get it. When I went for... So, actually, there are people out there, I think, like, you, that you look younger. <laughs> <laughs> if if not that I'm actually on a podcast, I'll stitch a workout here. <laughs> I'll stitch a workout here. Because <laughs> that's so mean of you, man. Uh, well, well, it's interesting. It's interesting to know that people out there actually think you are, you're young. But yeah, you will know what's up. Yeah, you've said something about like... um. Mm. Like kids getting to mm. um mm. get to find out about their roots and where they're mm. coming from mm. and mm. and like their mm. history. Yeah, there's something that that has been bothering me for a minute. Mm. Mm. Like um, uh, I've heard like in some countries, like studying history in school is compulsory. Yeah. Why is it not compulsory in Nigeria? Okay, let me tell you something. Let me get from a deeper perspective. Yeah, history is very important. But what we have in Nigeria, we don't have history. Wow. What do we have? A story. Story? Yes. Story being told. Because okay. history, history is bigger than the story. It's okay. Yeah. What we have is just political story of Nigeria. History is beyond politics. What is being taught in school then before it was eroded or it was discarded or what was mostly starts from 1914 the amalgamation of northern and southern protectorates mm. nigeria has been in existence for time memorial true so what happened to history of our craftsmen our warriors history of our culture our marriages our worth and what they only focus on the political aspect of our history that is what is that's what is found. That's the only thing you can find. Yes, there. in the history aspect. You understand? So yeah. so that alone is faulty. It's a faulty premise. And there is, wh- when you have a faulty premise, there wouldn't be synergy between the listener and the person saying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? So, so the reason why I said that, it's unfortunate that someone will come and write your curriculum of history for you. Someone from far Somebody Britain that, uh, came to write your <laughs> curriculum of history for you. Someone telling you that Mango Park discovered River Niger and you're t- teaching your children in school. Before Mango Park, there were people right here using the river. What is, what I, is discovery? That, I, 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 I've thought <laughs> about that like over and over okay, again. Now, let's look at another part of your history that is so distorted. That um, Mary Celeste stopped the killing of twins in Nigeria or probably Africa. That's what they've been saying. And look, she just did it in a small enclave in Calabar. So, in your sampling method of statistics, isn't that a wrong sampling method? Hmm. <laughs> you, you understand? So, how can you say in the whole Nigeria, before she was born, there were twins in Nigeria till she left? If a tribe in Nigeria is fond of killing twins, it doesn't mean the whole Nigeria yeah. were killing twins. Exactly. Exactly. So these are some things that our own historians of today should challenge and take it out of the history curriculum. 
that is taught at higher level. History is taught at the university level. It's just at the basic that history was was removed. Mm. And history was removed because it carries a lot of weighty allegations during the civil war. Who killed who? Who made the reprisal? Who made the attack? Who started what? So the history being said here is that actually, was it a civil war? Because a civil war is a war between civilians in a country. Yeah. But what we had in Nigeria was a secessionist region who wanted to succeed from the country and they were won over by the Nigerian military to stay at, as a single political entity. It doesn't so, make it civil. So it doesn't make it a civil war entirely on its own. Yeah. So true. actually that wasn't even a civil war. And what is being said here is that northerners actually conquered south. Whereas civilians here were living their normal life. They didn't even go to fight. It was soldiers. So you see. And and there actually civilians too were living their life. It was Biafran soldiers against the Nigerian army. So you get that. And and actually civilians actually they were casualties. An estimated two to three million. I don't want to play it down or undermine the severity of such but i want what I, my emphasis is that it was biafran soldiers and nigerian soldiers so do that agitation fight counterbalance brought about distortion of facts the history being taught in southern nigeria was completely different from the one taught in northern nigeria and you, ca- you can't imagine so 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 the imbalance actually brought about that the army had no option but to remove it from the curriculum so you understand, they felt these kids should not be taught about how 3 million children died of starvation, that at higher level, adults can learn it and absorb it. <sighs> but history is always said to the populace, no matter how good or bad it is. Yeah. If it if actually went down, mm. it people, has to be. People because deserve to, you to know to hear, about it. Okay, now, but do you actually... In a so-called Senate climbs on USA, what do you see? Pulling down of monuments of including George Washington and the rest that they were racist. Look, he, that's part of history. Mm. You shouldn't pull it down. It's part of history. It signifies bad history. But it's history. But it's history. Yes. So by the it, time it, you're it, pulling it down, yeah. you're taking away history. Entirely. History doesn't have to completely be, be, good be good or to be yes. nice. Nice. So so for you to have said you're taking away history from curriculum that children will get horror, what uh, image about what, to me is a very lame excuse. History should be taught, but should be taught by our own self. We should see our, our own history. Uh, Damien Mali in one of his songs, so that a child may, may learn service that a child will go i've forgotten the title of the song he was trying to t- talk about how we can teach children history so that when they they can grow with it in conformity with our own values so mm. that we cannot lose our own identity so history is very pivotal very important and it shouldn't in any way be swept under the carpet and I fault that, that we should bring back history at the basic. Because as I was talking, I said it started from the basic. Yeah, definitely. So history should be taught at the basic, but actually at the peripheral level. 
what do we need what should they be taught the nigerian civil war started from this and that the, this and that it's, it took place in susu please susu so please who are the i mean not architect who are the commandants from both angle what are they agitating for that's all you don't go deeper into it because they are children but by the time they grow up they go deeper into it because one thing with knowledge is that the more you know the more you inquire to know no more. more yeah yeah so that br- that brings into bear research well you've you you have I've, I've i've seen like uh you've said quite a lot mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one thing is sparking oh, yeah. you've actually make reference to nas you've make reference to <laughs> Damian mali yeah. so i can just imagine what is like the mm. type of person you and the type of music you obviously listen to <laughs> how is like your your reading life your mm. writing life mm. ha, does it have like in any way affected your the type of music you listen to yeah definitely let me tell you something because you've music. just said nas you just said david mali um, music 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 to me music is life wow entirely uh, i first of all it was soccer that was life to me as time goes on, the love and passion for soccer actually dropped. It was replaced by reading and music. Wow. For personal reasons, though. And I respect anybody who feels soccer is life. That's his own personal That was reason. the place you were at some <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. But music, to me, has no age. Mm-hmm. You can actually be a musician till 80. Sure. You can actually listen to music at any age. It it has no gender preference. It's mm. not a male-dominated stuff. So, and music to me, why I said music is life is because of content in it. I listen to music beyond melody. And to me, Nas is the second greatest after Bob Marley. Bob Marley is my greatest musician that's ever sing his song in this world to me. Whether any kind of music, I don't want to know. Mm. Bob Marley to me is the greatest that has ever held the mic to sing. Every a, a lot of people actually will agree with you. <laughs> so then after Mali is Nas. But I love Nas more than I love Mali. But I love Mali's <laughs> I regard Mali's music more. You understand? I guess. Yeah. So at some point I was telling my 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 reverend when I used to be a very, very good church attendant. That's that will be a topic for another day. Oh, <laughs> oh, sub, oh, 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 your subsequent talk. I will talk about oh, spiritual uh, aspect okay. if need be. Yeah. He asked me who are my mentors. I said, well, people that I've came in contact with are my parents, mm-hmm. and people that have not come in contact with. Call. I said, good luck, Jonathan. Is one of it. I said, Jonathan, that corrupt man. That was in 2013. Wow. I, he said, yeah, I said, oh, I don't know why. Maybe he's corrupt, but that's not what I see it from. What I see it from is that he's a son of a fisherman <laughs> who had <laughs> no thing, who came with no political godfather till he rose to become the president of the country. And that's what I see the inspiration from. Yeah. He broke the cycle to get to where he is. And I told him then next is Bishop T.D. Jakes and Nas. So the man said, Nas, TDJ. Jake's like, like, where is the balance? Uh, where is the balance <laughs> among this wow, two? Wow, wow. Yeah, I love TDJ because I see him as a new Billy Graham because he's a great orator. I've read his books. He's a good writer. And I love Nas because he's poetic. Mm. His music is not just about melody. 
talks about lyrics and it's poetic, it's revolutionary, and it's storytelling. That's three in one. Yeah. He tells stories. He makes revolutionary bars for society, for betterment of the society. And the contents are mostly in poems. Mm. Yeah. So True. M- most persons, you can't find such in one artist. True. So that's what I love about him. So I have his album from way back. I can imagine the look on your reverence face. <laughs> yeah, he got so disappointed. To him, Nas shouldn't be mentioned because, and I was like, so sir, you know Nas to his head before. <laughs> before, like, I used to listen to his <laughs> wow, <laughs> So, wow. I don't want to go further because, because for me, I've told totally so you to you know Nas. <laughs> I've already spoken because I've already spoken. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So, so, after this, because, Culture, uh, hip hop culture has always been speaking about discrimination, mm. be it from gender, be it from religion, race, be it from race, be it from ethnicity or continent. But a lot of people have misunderstanding about it, they see it as a way of guns, drugs, and exactly, women, yeah. and women, yeah, yeah. So, but when you listen to Rakim, when you listen to Nas, when you listen to people like Andre 3000, you understand mm. that there is more to hip hop than more. than the so-called bitches, guns, and the rest. Yeah. So, so, so I want to balance the two, as you said, writing and reading, mm. because actually they are all for knowledge. True. I don't see music for entertainment alone, because the music I listen to, I hardly dance to. Wow. Wow. There was a there was um. There was a line like I think one of mm. one of the game's song you mm. were saying he make music for people when they are sober and they are thinking, and then there are other people that make music for people in the club. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it j- like got me thinking like, mm. but no matter what, mm. music is music. Music is music. Yeah, and you cannot live in the club forever. Va, yeah, you cannot be sober forever. That is it. So, yeah. mm. either ways, yeah. like mm. all the music are like they are mm. important, but they are very but important. then, yeah, it should always be like a balance. Balance, yeah. Because yeah. if we are all heavy on a particular mm. type of music, mm. if uh, what if, happens when if if he's dancing music? I remember I was I was very small. There is this this round. Um, uh, okay, disco, <laughs> disco tape. <laughs> I see you uh, call like, it like, like the vinyl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That my dad used to play of Prince. You know, Prince. Prince. Yeah, yeah. Late Prince. Yeah. So, so there is how we dance. Yeah, to you the don't tell. <laughs> it's okay. 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 Let's talk about uh, Awilo Logomba. Uh, <laughs> Hello. We danced to Awilo Logomba. We danced. We danced to Awilo Logomba without actually hearing what he was saying. Yeah, That's true. power of music. True. Listen to Magic Sister. And we listen to Chaka Chaka. We've listened to. Yeah, a lot of person. like. Yeah, without actually listening to directly what they're saying. Today, true. I listen true. to sometimes Olamide's songs that are Fiji. I mean, Afro pop. 5G like Kinsonia D. Mm. You listen to and uh, maybe they're in Europe you know, and, and you and don't you understand Europe. Uh, Fino now vibing yeah, Ibo rap without actually listening to what he's saying. Yeah. But but actually the melody is keeping you going. Mm. 
So it's not actually all the time as you said that you listen to lyrical inspirational song. There are times that actually you have to groove to the system. Yeah. And yeah, there are people like from mm. different places that yeah. don't even understand how Sandy enjoyed his music. Yes, let me tell you something. At the NYC camp, they were playing one, one, one song like that. I think it should be one, one Igbo song. You understand? They were just vibing to the song, vibing to the song, dancing, dancing to the song. And everybody was happy. They were, they were clapping. The guy performed. And things were cool. And one guy came and was miming Mamba and Shata. They were, oh, a lot of people go, this song no sweet. Wait, we know they hear. And the guy was just sitting next to me and I just tapped him. I was like, why are you shouting? He said, hear this kind of thing, I bet. And I told him, someone just finished singing with his language that he understood. You are clapping, you are cheering. Now, because you don't understand this language, allow those who understand to appreciate it. Yeah. And he was quiet. He was just looking at me. He didn't know what to say. I told him, that's what we call tolerance. By the time you inculcate such tolerant habit in you, you can live in a heterogeneous society. Yeah. You can live in a multicultural environment in a very diverse setting. Like ours. Mm. Because we are so diverse. Mm. Yep, like Nigeria now. So so you can see actually some of the problems we, we are having, you can see where where it's been traced from. Lack of tolerance. Yeah. So yours is sweet, mine is not. Oh, Nigeria, my country. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, mm. dead. Okay. So, this so this is... I, I remember a lot of people have told me, Libby, have you commercialized your writings? Mm. You've been writing for quite a long time now. How much have you gotten from it? Hmm. I was going to that, but thank God you are you're already on it. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you getting from it? And I'll just laugh. I too, and I and one thing that one thing with writing is that the more you write, the more you improve. Yeah. And guess what? I don't use pen and biro and paper I mean to write. <laughs> All I do is to pick up my phone get a subject matter on my head, arrange these words in my head, line by line, and I'll start pouring it out on my phone like that. And guess what? Whenever I go for any summit or what, when I'm writing my reports on phone or anything, you'll be looking at me. You just wrote an article twice, just sitting down here, and I'll laugh. And none of them actually knew this is an effort from 2013 Mm. that they are seeing the result in 2020. Mm. So, so someone will tell you, how do you do? I want to do it like you. Ah. Let us <laughs> <laughs> go back to 2030 and start. So, so actually, it's not... What you're seeing is a result of effort put for many, many years. True. 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 <laughs> you get that. Yeah. 
So it's not actually a one-day stuff. They would be like, no, you're a talented writer. And I would be like, is it back to <laughs> Oh man. Is it gymnastic? You, 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 you've got to sweat. You've yeah. got to sweat and bleed. <laughs> yes. But it actually looks simple. And let me tell you, um, to me, the greatest rapper from northern part of the country, which mm. is B.U.C. Madagi, mm. told me something. He said, what, in whatever you do, if it's in the creative industry, yeah. your fans will always, or your followers, will always blend according to your content, its importance, and the time frame. He said, if you're someone who is known for putting up a song or your content on monthly basis, anything short of that, of that your fans wouldn't want to hear anything. What happened? He didn't drop his song this month. If it's on weekly basis, you have to continue. If it's on yearly basis, they will be cool with it. Yeah, it's what you actually give out. The way you actually um. Mm. So, so someone like me now. It out. Oh, in fact, if a day goes by without me writing something or something big, I think something is missing. I get. So, <laughs> so probably yeah, you you're, you're a witness to it. Yeah. I almost put out everyday content. And sometimes deliberately I'll put up a naughty yarn. Just to not to look too serious all the time. Yeah, just I get yeah, Just to catch up some cruise level. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you put up dirty shit just to make sure that you're actually blending with this generation. Yeah, like life is not that serious. Uh, yeah, entirely. That uh-huh. serious. So sometimes you just have to put up those things and... Sometimes you put up football issue, mm-hmm. you put up music issue, you put up comedy issue, then next one you put up your poem. Then you put up your content. That's then you become wait, serious. That's like finding balance. Yes. You can't like just like Okay. Then hit I hit people with serious then, stuff all the okay. time. Then, then I, I when people ask me about that, then I'll say, All right, you see, people who have attained height in writing are actually people who have actually suffered a lot. Adamu Adamu. Let me tell you one secret now. The, the minister? No, the yeah. The former minister? Yes, 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 yes. The minister of education now. He used to be a columnist with Daily Trust. I think since 2008 till around 2015, I can use my last penny to go and get Friday column of Daily Trust to read because of Adam Adam's content. And you know what? 80 to 90% of what he puts out, I don't agree with it, but I always go and buy it. Wow. What were you looking for? <laughs> His style of writing is something you can't take away from him. Mm. He's saying something that is annoying me, but the way he presents it, you have no option than to read it. Wow. So he it's through him that I learn to listen to people I don't agree with. So he has so much influence in me. But when I saw him in 2015, I said, this is not the, the more I've been hearing, listening, reading. Because I've never seen his face. So in the Senate screen, when he was talking, I felt, no, no. 
because there was no confidence the way he was talking hi to uh, to be frank with you i was disappointed something came to my mind he has ghost writers that was what first came to my mind this can't be him so that made me make a research about writers their attitude their behavior and their character mm. i realized that actually i was the one who was wrong i realized that almost all the great writers are who are introverts from my research findings yet almost yet. all great writers lock themselves in room writing n- not wanting disturbance so they put out what they want to see in writing so sometimes expressing themselves is a problem I get that's the, that's that's their own way of being loud. Yes, writing. Yes. So then I said to myself, now how can I strike a balance? No, I can't be like that. Because you, oh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you've done a good job, like trying to st- strike a balance. balance. Yes, so that I can talk on radio, talk on TV. Yeah, yeah. like uh, while I still write. Then I said, then why is it somehow different? Then I realized that actually, from 1999 till today, all presidential spokespersons, including 80% of governor governor spokespersons, are actually from the print media, not the broadcast media. They prefer writers than people talking on radio or TV. Because mm. they know the job to be a presidential spokesman has to do more with writing. Writing, yes. Than talking. So you make press releases. You make announcements oh, all lot. the time, all the time on every subject matters. Yes, so, so it so would be terrible yeah, if you if Femi you had a good writer. Femi additional, Ruben Abati, you know Ruben Abati. Then with the Guardian newspaper, now you know how yeah. vibrant he was. You just now that I saw him on Arise TV, I said, Ah, Ruben, don't come TV again. You understand? Maybe he's looking for balance, like <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, Sheguna Dini. How Utiara Dua, you know, Olu Femi, that woman that died, Femi Fani Kaidi, you know, they came all the way from the print media. And I, I said to myself something Why are you going into print media? Because I'm. You understand? Yeah. I said to myself, well, print media has no audience. Radio Nigeria has 47 million listeners. NTE, <laughs> then you can count. But the whole newspaper circulation in a day is 250,000. Social media is 80 to 100 million. Hmm. What, what is that? But, <laughs> but I realized something. My targets are actually the elites and the ruling class, not the masses. So the elites read newspaper. They read newspaper. That is it. <laughs> you get it. So so when I write about police reforms now, if five thousand people should read it on the street, they cannot implement it. But one elite <laughs> who is probably idea IGU, IGU can read it, he can implement it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the masses just maybe read. Ah, this is good. That's this is mm, good observation. Maybe they just rant about it. Yeah, yeah that actually um leads me to here. Hmm. 
like on last year mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that actually happened yeah especially for us here in mm-hmm. nigeria yeah, yeah. it was like the pan- whole pandemic stuff yeah and yeah. those lockdown mm. that stuff and then it we there was answers yeah yeah there was answers yeah. mm. and then there was like at the end of the day there were people actually looting yeah and mm. all of those stuff mm. what actually what was actually going through your mind when all these things was yeah. happening yeah you see you see the answers protest as it is it's only a pretext for police brutality not no not saying there wasn't police brutality but the masses when they came for revolutionary now protest they knew what happened to them mm. so they needed something to vent their anger on because answers protest signifies inflation answers mm. protest signifies unemployment Ensas protest signifies wanton killings in this country. Ensas protest signifies disconnect between the ruling class and the masses. So Ensas protest wasn't just about police reforms. It was about the whole system. The youths are tired of what is happening in this country. So they needed a voice and Ensas became like a platform it, yeah, for them a template, yeah, a platform to air their views. They are not just views but grievances about the whole system. So when you talk about the looting and the rest, okay now there was pandemic, which is COVID nineteen. Mm. And Nigerian government got relief funding from a lot of countries from a lot of individuals and from a lot of corporate organization in this country. You can imagine banks now, instead of calling their customers to give them the palliative, if truly they want to give out palliative, and they give to the government that the government should share <laughs> to the masses. Isn't what, that isn't that a lobbying on its own? What if there's there was like a regulation like you have to come through the government to get to the people? Including the church. Because <laughs> church gave to the government too, <laughs> including <laughs> many private organizations. I so what I'm trying to say here it's a is bit political. Yes, if actually we want to, it's the government that will actually give to these people. Because if government was okay, when government was about to share the palliatives, what did they use? People apply and they use the bank to distribute it. So the bank could actually oh, have, have done actually it. done it. But what did they want? That's what we call lobbying system. So it's just like a politician now. If he wants to give out money to you, you just come and meet me. Let me want to get married. You're a House of Reps member or senator. I tell you, let me go. I want to get married. Tell you no problem. Just go on the wedding day. I will come. He will not give you one naira. But on the wedding day, he will come and say, Ah, uh, on behalf of me and my people, I'm giving out 200,000 to this groom. And everybody will clap. Yeah. You get that. You so it's a stage managed stuff. And then you have the palliatives that you wanted to distribute. You didn't distribute it in the name of you're looking for existing mechanism for distribution. Compiling data. That's the name you said. What of you? And mind you, we have a diaper that knows every house. 
Hmm. We have National Publisher Commission. Yes, actually. <laughs> that knows Never every compartment. Knows every house. <laughs> you understand? So why not? Okay, <laughs> when you distribute bill, give them palliatives. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. Uh, then, Ainek knows every word in this country. When it's time for election, hmm? they go, they reach out. Everywhere, ballot box ge- will get to that village, but light wouldn't go there. School would not get there and the rest. So actually, the pretext that we're looking for data, how to distribute it, sounds so, so lean to any sensible human being. Then, Masi started breaking the warehouse. To them, taking what belongs to them. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. So there was nothing. There was a lot of things. And actually, it brought, at some point, it brought the country to a standstill because Lagos is a commercial hub of the country. Yeah, actually. That that, that would have done a lot of damages dirt, like to our economy. I mean, it did at some point because movement of goods to the northern part of the country became a problem. Yeah. In fact, there were blockades, they were uh, uh, security had to put on barricades. There were reactions and counter reactions before you know it. They started setting buildings ablaze. But to mind you, these protests went on five to six days with no problem nationwide. Until when there was a press release from the state. And I'm talking about the state, I mean the Nigerian state. Trade would caution before you know it. There were imagine videos of how security agents were escorting talks, touts. It was it's how it is be before the commission of inquiry, and they are still investigating the authenticity of not just the video but the act itself who mm. is culpable, who is not. So, mm. until election, I mean, investigation have been concluded, I yeah. will actually talk deeper about it. But me and you. I've seen it. Let's not be politically correct. Until the government intervened, then we saw the protests started taking a new dimension. From protests, it became riot. From riot, it almost became an anarchy. Nigeria. (laughs) (laughs) A lot actually happened. Like on last year, Mm. and um we can only hope that things actually don't escalate and blow out of proportion Russia. from what they already and have, have yeah. been mm, yeah 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 so um they are like there's rumors that there's going to be like uh another phase of the lockdown okay. i don't know <laughs> how it's going to happen yeah. or the, the truth of the whole mm-hmm. situation but how 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 do you think uh Nigerians are actually uh abiding by like the COVID nineteen rules because mm, protocols yeah mm. I don't I don't think it's that serious like yeah. around here no no you see you see I wrote an article in May twenty seventeen which is saving life and saving means of livelihood. Okay. COVID-19. That's matters arising on the issue of COVID-19. Yeah. If you're trying to save life, when you take away the means of livelihood, you're going to have more death <laughs> than trying to save life. 
Okay. So, lockdown was only a temporary measure put by scientists while they studied the epidemiology, the habitat, the distribution, the life cycle, and the pathology or the pathogenesis of the virus. You get that. Mm. Then what happened? Before you go to treatment, then prophylaxis, which is treatment, uh, prevention, and control. Yeah. These are stages of a virus or any disease. So when scientists opted for lockdown, it wasn't actually a long-term stuff. Then Nigeria, which is having 700 to 1,000 deaths of malaria per day, that's one per local government, on average. It's actually locking down an economy that is in recession, that is having a negative growth for 1,300 deaths. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do I need to say further? No. <laughs> no. No. Isn't no. that suicidal on its own? You see, social distancing and lockdown is more common or is more feasible let me use the word feasible among the rich and the ruling class because what they have a lot of rooms in a third world country that is feeding from hand to mouth where the citizens sleep four five six in a room you're telling them to do social distancing outside but sleep in the same room inside <laughs> doesn't add up does it add up doesn't and they will tell you like there is window opportunity for you to go and buy things. So the virus actually that day, I was it was <laughs> it's not working. Ah, <laughs> you know? it, it was crazy. You, you were know? not allowed to go to the church. church. You're not allowed to, to go to the mosque, but you could go to, to the market. market. You, you understand? Ah. So 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 <laughs> it sounds so funny. There is no African problem. That's a European solution. We should have our own African solution. To our own pandemic, yeah. And moreover, it's not a threat. We have African tropical diseases. We call them AT, ATDs. ATDs. They kill like, oh God, I don't know how to describe it. They are, they are, they are over 50 or 60. They're, in fact, it's more prevalent at the sub-Saharan Africa. From intestinal viruses, urine, epidermal, everything that you can think of is killing hundreds. I don't want to break, go deeper into the scientific and technical aspect of it. Yeah. I just want to tell you, like, we have a lot of death issues. But you know one thing? The white man understands this sanctity and sanity of life. Two things. So he cannot have 1,000 deaths at the wrong and he keeps quiet. Our own is that, ooh, 1,000 today don't die because of malaria and so they don't die. Let's go. They don't go. You get that? Mm. Okay, now, this one that you have 1,000 deaths per day for malaria. And you know what? There's a vaccine. There's a drugs. There are nets and other things for malaria to be, f to be eliminated. But you're not giving it attention. You're giving it attention to a virus that has no drugs yet. So which one is easy to combat the death? Hmm. 
There's a lot to talk so about. So anything, if you want to talk about second phase of lockdown, uh-huh. see, you will have more people dying as a result of hunger than the one that Corona will kill. Okay. I, I keep telling you, I'm not for the uh, conspiracy theory of who created the virus to kill who, who are the targets. No, no, I don't go into those trivial matters. Uh, uh, it was actually meant to kick Trump out. They want, uh, no, want, I'm a realist now. I'm talking about from reality aspect. I'm not talking about China. Cre- uh, uh, I don't, we don't go, go, I don't go into that. And I've never for once advocated for people should not take vaccine. They want to reduce our population. For God's sake, 90% of your drugs are imported. So if they want to kill you, they will use normal paracetamol and kill you. True. So, I don't know why people are engaged in all these conspiracy theories that they want to use the vaccine to, to make it infertile. No, no, you remember, if you could remember in 1991, when the issue of polio came. Was uh, uh, I wasn't born. How old was I in 1991? <laughs> it's okay. In 1991, there's this serious issue about... Um, polio they want to reduce the northern population yeah, that, and the rest and loud. it was so loud so what happened there was this conspiracy that they want to uh, what 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 so people stopped taking polio vaccine and we had a lot of patients for polio people were walking like them you you remember it? A because lot they of didn't take the vaccine take actually actually so 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 when they took that vaccine polio was almost eradicated and, yeah. when, and when, um, when it happened, the population of northern Nigeria from 1994 to 2004 grew about 25 to 30%, I think 25-30% within the same period that the vaccine was taken. <laughs> so the fact speaks for itself yeah. other than con- the conspiracy theory. Yeah. You remember Pfizer, then the company that was in charge of the vaccine, what happened then was that human beings were used. But now, there's what we call genetic engineering, where blood are being drawn out from persons, put into clones. That's why you have a vaccine of corona in less than nine months, something that took nine years, eight years to create for mm. other viruses. But what do you have? We have what we call genetic engineering now, using clones. Before, they were using humans. Then they started using rodents, then to other higher mammals. When you, if you inject a rat now, or you put the vaccine on the rat, you check its reaction. How does it fight? Because rats have, have smaller immunity level and the rest. You go to a goat, then you go till the point of either using a giraffe even. Mm. So you keep checking stages of vaccine. That's to tell how far vaccine can. So that the adverse effect is being seen in animals, especially mammals, which humans are mammals too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before you come to humans, then you use primates. Primates are the last stages of test. Test. Because they are very similar, baboon, <laughs> to humans. Yeah, yeah. You use primates. Then you see it, the result before 
you administer to humans then. But now we're talking about genetic engineering. It's easier. Like it's, it's easier. faster. It's faster. You get that. So so because of technology now, we have what we call in vitro fertilization, whereby people conceived without actually any contact yeah. between the two persons. That's to tell you how far and and the p- and the, the woman will still give birth without true normal uh <laughs> birth. Yeah. So I don't go into all this conspiracy about vaccine and I keep telling you listen to sciences. Sciences is real, sciences is truthful. If they said science now like this, let's abide by social distancing, washing of hands and the rest. Okay, cool. Use it, it's max. But today but sciences is dynamic. Today, the same World Health Organization will tell you use face masks. After I research, they will tell you don't use it because it's not airborne. Tomorrow, use it. You understand? Because one thing with science is that anybody that comes with higher thesis, higher research, is placed over the previous one. Yeah. So, so a lot of people will say it's politics, it's politics. In science, it's not politics. That's how science operates. Because I've seen a clip where they say mm. the face mask doesn't prevent you from, from getting the, the coronavirus. The virus. Because, yes. And you've seen another one that said it. You mm. ha- yeah. Okay. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds very arguing at the political scene because people who are not in science will always think it's politics. But the truth is, there is more to it, there is research. So people with higher thesis, sciences always counter the previous one. If there is any nobody to counter it, and your thesis is what is adopted, it's it valid. It's valid, and it becomes what adapted. You adopt and adapt. Then, now look at it. We name viruses based on geographical location as well. We have Senegalenses. You understand? From the name, you should tell you it's from Senegal. Mm. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. Zika virus, name of a town, Zika. You understand? Um, Lassa fever and the rest. When the then president of ESC said, call it China virus or Wuhan virus, everybody was shouting, no, 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 especially from his other side. You don't do that. It's, going, it's discriminatory. It's going to sound like uh, China, what and what? Mm. It's politics. But the truth is, that it's for reference purpose. It's that, educational. That is what it has always, always been. been. You understand? But the, the politics of it now came in. This is where the politics of it came in. Now, they said, then they named it COVID-19. They didn't put the name of the town. Now, it's going to sound discriminatory against China. So, here in Africa, that is Lhasa. Is it not discriminatory? <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, now, do you blame China for doing that? No. Because HIV two came from United States. Why is this? Why they're not saying it? United States virus. <laughs> so me, you can see me now. I'm trying to be balanced, to mm. be fair to all. I try to see it from all angles. So, but as the saying goes, if two elephants fight, now the ground goes suffer. So we <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now we be ground. Ah, it's all good. This is the most like this conversation is needed. Like. I don't even want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go, but mm. we should do this next time. There's a lot of things I want to ask you, especially the spiritual aspect of stuff. Yeah. But th- I know if we start talking about that, 
<laughs> to take forever. So yeah, maybe you. next time. Thank you very much, Lemo. Thank you for coming, Lemo Podcast Culture Talk. Yeah. Isaac Kushi Livy. Lem, let me let me let me let me see one thing before we go. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think uh, this 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 one now is trying to let me say two. Let me see two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't see one. Oh, see two. Uh, okay, see two. Yeah. yeah, I think you've done a lot. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You've done. You, you. You, you've done a lot in creating a platform for people to express their views and their own craft. Yep, it's a plus. Thanks for the society and for the environment here, because not everybody is availed the opportunity to talk on radio. Mm, true. On TV. True. True. So this is serving like a substitute. Yeah. But not in any way is substandard or is substitute to those whose opportunity has not been availed to them yeah. to express themselves. Yep. So this is a plus. This is a kudos. I keep it up. Thank you. This is your home. You can come anytime. <laughs> anytime. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Isaac Kushi. <laughs> From the Kush Republic. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, no, a, lot, a lot of people when they hear Kush, they'll be so happy. And they call your lies the guy they don't. <laughs> he doesn't take Kush. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, let's do podcast for you talk. <laughs>